1: Oh, what a great day we're having here in California. We are so blessed to live where we live, and we live in a state that for so many years people couldn't wait to get here and live here. It was kind of the ultimate American dream, and then you start to wake up and live here for a while, and you start to see the direction our country's headed in, the the direction of this state, and it it begins to break your heart. And you wonder, you know, what's, what's around the corner, and in the midst of all this, you've got You've got these these political votes every four years, sometimes every two years you've got to go to that ballot box and vote. and it's just a complicated situation for those of us that are believers in Jesus Christ. I'm a pastor. my name is Dudley Rutherford. I'm your host here for this next hour here on a Thursday and um, you know I'm just a local pastor, lived here in LA for almost I think about around 35 years. I've seen a lot of changes over the 35 years. And earlier in the show, we talked to Larry Elder and interviewed him, and you can uh, get that online here at KKLA. Larry was born and raised, and uh, of course, in just a few days, uh, there's going to be uh, an election uh, for to call recall Governor Newsom or to not recall him, and then there's a list on the ballot of some 40 names, and Larry is probably, as he said, the most well-known name recognition-wise. And, um, you know, we're not, we're not electing a pastor. Uh, I don't, I don't know of any pastor, one of them might be a pastor, but I don't think any of them are pastors that are running. Maybe I should, should run, but it doesn't matter who, who runs. Um, you know, I think that we're so good at finding fault in people and, and, and I think sometimes we got to go up and and take a 35,000 foot view as far as we've got Governor Newsom and where's our country been heading, what direction are we, we headed in. I, I think of myself, the the rise in crime and homelessness. I think of the small businesses that have been shut down. I, I do believe as a pastor that they targeted the church. I, you know you, you have your own opinion. I have my own opinion. Uh, we were on the phone call with the governor's office and we asked him if we meet outdoors and we socially distance, if we have mask on, he, he said, no singing. You Remember, he came out and he said, no singing. can't meet. You can only meet outdoors. And then he said, no singing. And then he said, you can't say the Lord's Prayer. So you have a governor of this state telling the church of Jesus Christ that you cannot say the Lord's Prayer. And some of you are okay with that. So we got on a phone call with the governor's office. And we had him on the phone. We were there. We're on, the, we're on the phone call with his office. And we asked, hey, what if we're outdoors? What if we're socially distanced? And what if we all have masks? And also, I didn't mention, it's 100 degrees outside. We're outside in the sun, socially distanced, wearing masks. Can we sing? And there was this long pause on the phone. And the, and the office came back and said, no singing under any circumstance. And it was really that about that time and plus uh, you know we had someone in our family they had a girl that was about 11 years old that was in the hospital for suicidal ideation and she wrote me a letter and uh, this girl was in massive state of depression and suicidal in the midst of this pandemic and the governor saying we can't meet even outdoors with a mask socially distanced we can't sing we can't say the lord's prayer and at that time i thought this guy does not know anything about the church of jesus christ and again across the street from my church starbucks is open nordstrom's rack is open uh you know the the the, the, the ice cream shop is open the grocery store is open walmart is open mcdonald's is open right across the street right across the street. Those things were all deemed essential. Essential. Starbucks is essential. And previous callers have said the casinos were essential. The abortion clinics were essential. Liquor stores are essential. Man, if you were serious about shutting down uh, the state for uh, germs and for COVID-19, you would shut the casinos down. You would shut the liquor stores down. But instead, they were all given a pass, and oh we want the church to shut. So if you ask me if I'm in favor of recalling Governor Newsom, I'm, I'm big time in favor of recalling that, not to mention the fact that this state, sanctuary state, the highest income tax in the entire nation, highest property tax in the nation, highest state sales tax in the nation, highest vehicle registration cost in the nation, highest poverty rate in the nation it goes on and on and on and on about how this state is headed in the wrong direction. And so, you know, who am I going to vote for? Someone asked me how in the world could I vote for somebody like Larry? I can't vote for any of these people. I don't know any of these people. I got to cast a vote for someone. I had Larry on to talk about why he's running, why he thinks he should be recalled. And so we've opened up the phone lines. We're going to do this for this, this impact segment, 888-528-2557. 888 I want to hear from you if you think the governor should be recalled. And I want to know why you think he should be recalled and who it is that you're voting for. I want to go to Eric, who's been waiting a long time here in Los Angeles. Eric, welcome to the KKLA afternoon show.
0: Hi. Oh, yeah.
1: You're Are on the, you, um, you're on the air, my friend.
0: Okay. Thank you. So I was uh, just going to say that like, um, That in all fairness, uh, sometimes we we uh, criticize, let's say, for example, Gavin Newsom for things that are beyond his control. Um, But then again, uh, if there's more explanation, I guess, you know, he may be involved at a more uh, sinister level, you know, like in Black Lives Matter, Antifa, et cetera. But, you know, as a Navy guy, I'm like wanting to give him the benefit of the doubt on You know his uh, non-involvement in those things and not getting really blamed for them, Um, but uh, I, you know, I definitely think it's open for discussion. But we do need to explain it instead of just throwing it all out of and say he's he's you know responsible for everything, and then also. um,
1: Well, he's the leader of the Democrat. He's the leader. He's the leader of the Democratic Party. And the the state of California's two yeah, thirds yeah, supermajority and he is also side. the nephew of Nancy Pelosi. He's the nephew of Nancy Pelosi. And so he's he's I don't want to say he's the her puppet, but he does whatever she asks uh, him to do because she's the one with the purse strings. And uh oh, I but I I I, I, I agree with breathe. you I agree with you, Eric, that we should be able to have discussions without getting upset at, at people. I, I I'm fully on board are are you going to vote uh, here on the election coming up? Yes, please. Say that one more time, and, my friend. Uh, when it
2: comes,
0: oh, I'm sorry. Uh, definitely, I am going to vote. And when um, when it comes to uh, voting for Larry Elder or other candidates, um, I'm going to be looking at um, most likely the uh, conservative viewpoint that would be uh, effectively represented. But right. I always look, I'm a Christian, so I'm always looking at, you know, who are the Christian candidates. And I, you know, I've never thought of Larry Elder personally, like as a pastor or anything like that. No. On moral, drive I thought, you know, conservative, you know, that's how I right. always thought about Larry Elder. Right. So I'm, I'm considering, yeah.
1: And you don't you don't really know if he became a Christian two months ago. You don't know. I don't know that Governor right. Newsom right. didn't become I don't a, I don't know that Governor Newsom didn't become a Christian two months ago, but... You know, you just, it's tough being a Christian in in voting, isn't it?
0: It's tough being a Christian, period.
1: There you go. I couldn't have said that better myself. Uh, Eric, thank you so much uh, for calling. I want to go to LaShawn up there in Los Angeles. LaShawn's been waiting a long time. LaShawn, weigh in on this topic, uh, if Newsom should be recalled or not.
2: said yes he should be recalled because I'm very concerned with the methods that he has used and he had said that he you know he was pouncing on everyone to wear masks and to be vaccinated and then you know of course last year he got caught at a party with no masks no social distancing and then he went on to making mandates that's taken away of our civil liberties, which is vaccinations of, of something that wasn't FDA approved, as well as they don't really actually know. the scene has not, this vaccination hasn't been in long enough to, to even, you know, usually it takes 8 to 12 years, I think, to be passed to it. They put pressure, so I got concerned, and my concern was that he came, you know, kind of like with a... I, I have a degree in sociology, and like that Adolf Hitler kind of oh. thinking, and that Karl Marxist thinking. You know, first they come in being very kind of civil, and then they, be, they become very dictator, and um, I have straight strong concerns, but I also have concerns that... We that say that we're, we are believers and we say that we love God, but we don't really expound and stand on the principles of God as well, mm-hmm. which makes us hypocrites. So, you know, we have. I always say that prayer wins everything. Mm. But at this point in time, I see it so we're blown out a proportion of of any kind of standing i was trying to see if there's anyone that is doing humane things that shows themselves any, to know anything about what they're speaking about
1: if he's recalled who, who who are you going to cast your vote towards um
2: there's a pastor i think they said i, I was researching him i was a little concerned about larry I used to pray with his mother, a matter of fact. Hey, you keep praying, keep um,
1: praying, keep praying.
2: Yeah. Um, and I, I was a little concerned that, like I said, hypocrisy. Right. You know, I don't, I would like to see someone, if you are a spade, be a spade. You know, if your heart, be a heart. But we want, we want someone who's gonna really actually do the job, and I don't know enough about any of them that I'm very baffled about who, the, but it was this one guy, I can't think of his name, but I did research him. Right. And and he he stuck out like a little more than the rest of them. He was right. well-rounded and, you know, and he, he chooses to serve God openly. And I
1: think we do need somebody with a God-fearing mind. Yes, and I, uh, LaShawn, thank you for calling. And uh, you said something very important there, that, that prayer that prayer matters. I, I just witnessed that with my own family, my daughter. And there, I look at this state, and, again, there is a spiritual battle that is being uh, waged uh, for the soul of, of every home, every family, every marriage, every child, there's a battle being waged for this nation. I read earlier Proverbs 14 that righteousness exalts a nation. Righteousness is what exalts a nation, and I think a lot of what we see uh, in the in the downturn of this country is the fact that so many people have turned away from God. We we took the Ten Commandments out of the public schools, we took prayer out of the public schools. The Bible was a textbook, a textbook in schools for over a hundred years. It was the it was the book that they read to teach kids how to read. And uh of course that's all that's all gone out the window. And uh today if you're a Christian, you are shunned. Yet here we are in this political process trying to elect someone to lead this state. You gotta look at the guy that's in there. Is he leading us? Is he leading us towards righteousness? It doesn't appear to me. So then you gotta look at the list of forty other people, and decide who you think can best do the job. I want to go to, I want to go to Autumn. And um, are you up in San Luis Obispo? Oh, yeah. Autumn, Autumn, where are you from? Where are you? Where are you calling? Where are you calling from?
2: Pomo in oh, oh, good.
1: oh, good for you. So on well, our question, we're asking a question today. Should should Governor Newsom be recalled? What, what is, how are you casting your vote?
2: If there was an absolutely um, box to be checked, that's what I would put. I think it's long overdue.
1: There is a box. Uh, I've got the ballot right here. First question is, shall Gavin Newsom be recalled, removed from the office of governor? And you just check yes or no. <laughs> and you got to vote. Yeah, by. I say yes, you, you're voting. Right. The vote is on September 14th, but you can mail in that ballot right now.
2: Correct.
1: And why do you think he should be recalled?
2: Uh, well, how much time do we have? Well, not a not um, lot. Not a lot. For, you got to make it quick. The biggest. The biggest thing is the radical um educational things Oof. they're putting in. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the release of the violent criminals um, i didn't like the i don't like the hypocrisy um, do as I say, not as i do right. there's there's a lot of reasons yeah. mismanagement in the in the government
1: oh. Oh, you know what I heard just a little while ago, I heard that uh a, a large population, a uh, percentage of the Hispanics were voting to recall Newsom. And uh, the reason is because of all the small businesses that uh, a third of all small businesses went out of uh went, went sh- had to shut down. And uh uh-huh. that there's a lot of Hispanic workers that work in those small businesses and the restaurants. And as he shut this uh, state down, that uh, a lot of them suffered greatly uh, because of it. And I, I really think that I really think we could have gone and, and uh, you know, like I, I go to a gas station even right now. You got to put the card in, and you got to touch the screen like ten times. You got to put in a number. They ask you all these questions. Got to answer all the questions. And, and and I'm touching that screen, and I'm taking the handle, and every single person. And the entire uh, line at the gas station for all day long is touching that same screen and those same buttons. Some restaurants I go, it's, it's touchless. It's keyless. You don't have to touch anything. You slide the card in yourself and you slide it out. And I just think they should have focused on things like that. They should have kept things open. This is my humble opinion, but figured out a way to do things efficiently and effectively. I wanna to go to Deborah out in Chino Hills. What's going on out there in Chino Hills today?
3: Hi. I'm not I'm uh, actually on my way home to Chino Hills, but I, I, I want, heard you guys
1: I, on the phone. I want you to speak on behalf of Chino Hills and tell tell all of Los Angeles should Governor Newsom be recalled or not?
3: Oh definitely recalled.
1: And why um, why do you think he should be recalled, Deborah?
3: as a Christian myself, I don't see where Gavin Newsom supports any of my beliefs. You know, um, I don't see the uh, the moral stance that he has. I, I'm just there's nothing relatable to Gavinism for me as a Christian. Um, and Larry Elder, I really don't know much about him. Right. You know, I'm not. Republican or Democrat, I, I'm like uh, I think I heard another gen- gentleman say he, he votes according to you know who stands on what I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. none of them are perfect, but um, I was going to vote for John Cox when he was running before, and I'll probably vote for John Cox this time.
1: And you, um, only and, and,
3: because of the things that he stands for.
1: Right, and and have you? How do you know John Cox?
3: Well, just um, I don't know it, but I'm just reading up. You know what he, his backing is. He he um against abortion. He's against he's um, for the border wall. He's against the death penalty. Donald Trump actually was one of the people that. You know, was backing him um, during the time that he was running. Um, He's against the gas tax that, you know, we got caught up in. And there's a lot of other things that I could relate to. Right. And um, he's the only one that I really, you know,
1: felt comfortable with. Deborah, I I want you to know that I appreciate you calling, and I think – John Cox is someone that I think has a a good following, and I think a lot of people like him and can relate to him on some of the issues that you have just uh, talked about. I want to thank you uh, for calling in, and I hope that you'll call in again. I want to go quickly to Richard down in Diamond Bar. Richard, we only have a quick minute uh, for you to share your opinion on whether or not Gavin Newsom should be recalled or not.
3: Yeah, okay, quick minute? Yep. Absolutely, he needs to be recalled. Yes.
1: And why yeah. and and quickly why should why should he be recalled?
3: Okay, well, I mean, look at our our state is going down the tube quick and just like as you stated, he's related to uh uh Nancy Pelosi. I mean, she's the puppeteer. So, let's get him out and Christian stick together. Everybody vote uh, Larry Elder. Okay, he's a big name. Don't even think about it. Larry Elder, guys, and do me a favor. Take your ballot personally and bring it down to your church. Do not trust the mailing system.
1: All right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. There's your instructions. Uh, my name's Dudley Rutherford, pastor of Shepherd Church. We're going to take a break and come right back. We're going to kind of go in a little direction, so stay with us. We'll be back after this word. Hey, it's Pastor Dudley Rutherford of Shepherd Church, uh, just a little church out there in the San Fernando Valley. I've been there about thirty five years and our program is here every night at seven o'clock. You can listen to one of our messages at liftupjesus.com or you can go to the website, liftupjesus.com. And I've lived here in this valley for thirty five years and again, just a you know, just a local pastor and I have so many pastor friends and churches that dot this valley and this city and uh you know, as long as I've lived here for 35 plus years, uh, one of our, one of our great problems, and we've been talking about the political realm, uh, so far this afternoon, but I want to, I want to dive more into the practical realm really of in a search situation that deals with the homeland homelessness in our Valley. And if you're like me and, and you're observant, have any kind of awareness you've kind of sensed an increase throughout the years of homelessness in the san fernando valley and in the city of los angeles and there are many ministries uh, and people involved in trying to actually reverse that trend and to make a difference and to help those who are living on the streets and and we have a guest who's going to be with us the rest of this hour a dear friend uh, a brother in the lord named ken craft who uh, leads a ministry called Hope of the Valley. Now, I, I just want to say this to all the listeners. There are, there are many organizations that deal with homeless people. A lot of them are in downtown Los Angeles. Again, I might ask you this question later about why we have so many right downtown L.A., and yet that seems like where the majority of the homeless people are. Why, why can't we help get these people back on their feet? But out in the San Fernando Valley, which is an area of about 2 million people, if it was a city in and of itself... It'd be the fifth largest city in the whole war, in the whole country, the United States of America. We have some seven thousand, close to seven eight thousand homeless people in the San Fernando Valley. And the man that's sitting across the desk from me, Ken Craft, who leads this ministry, Hope of the Valley. I, I I don't know of any other ministry in this valley that is doing as much as as Ken Craft and Hope of the Valley. You can as he talks, you can go to hopeofthevalley.org dot org and catch up with him. Ken, welcome to the afternoon show here on KKLA.
4: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Hey, I I just want you to kind of maybe give the size and scope of what you do in your ministry, uh, just to encourage people to let them know that there is work being done. And then invite people to come on board, and, and how, how the, can they get involved?
4: Yeah, thank you, Pastor Dudley. Well, I had the privilege of starting Hope of the Valley Rescue Mission. It was 12 years ago in August, and we started very humbly. A little church in Sun Valley let us use their facility, and we served the first meal on a Thursday night, and there was 21 people that showed up, and we were thrilled. Well, now we do about 1,500 meals every day. And uh, we currently have 22 site locations. And uh, just to, as we started that you know, 12 years ago, we started serving hot meals, and then we realized there's a lot of people that were dealing with addiction. So we opened up our men's drug and alcohol recovery program, and then we saw a lot of homeless families, and we opened up the first of our family shelters. We now have three of them, and one of them named after Shepherd Church because of just the generosity of Shepherd Church. Sure. Um, and then, we opened up a shelter for those young adults that are timing out of foster care that have nowhere to go. They're living on the streets and it's, it's horrible. So we have a, a shelter for them in Burbank. And then we started opening up uh, shelters for single adults. And just to give you a perspective, uh, Hope of the Valley, we finished 2020 with nine shelters, 507 beds. We will finish this year with 16 shelters, 1,532 beds. And so we have made a commitment to do anything and everything we possibly can to help people overcome obstacles and barriers that are preventing them from being housed and utilizing even innovation and technology. And so uh, right now in the city of Los Angeles we have a serious problem. Anybody that drives the streets of Los Angeles you can't help but see the numbers of encampments, the trash, the refuge and uh, it's a blight on our city. And so we've got to bring people inside and so something happened. In 2016, there was a bond measure that was passed in the city of Los Angeles. It was okay. uh, Triple H, and it was $1.2 billion to create 10,000 units of housing. Everyone thought, yes, we're going to build our way out of this problem, only to discover that the first affordable, supportive housing complex did not open until January of 2020. It took four years. Meanwhile, homelessness kept increasing double digits every year. We're losing this battle. So the mayor of Los Angeles did something for which I am grateful for. Okay. In, in 2018. <laughs> 18, He declared a shelter emergency. Now, why, why does that matter? Because historically, organizations like Hope of the Valley, we could only open up shelters in very strict zoning that was either C2 or CM. Now we can be in C2, CM, M1, M2. That's how we were able to purchase Skateland in Northridge. And we're opening up the Trebek Center, which is going to be 107 beds for people experiencing homelessness. And then also what happened is historically, we could only have 30 beds or less unless we got a conditional use permit. But by this declaration of the mayor, now we can have 100 beds, 200 beds. And that's why we have opened up, 16 different shelters. They're big shelters. We're bringing people inside, giving them access to all the services that they need to get back on their feet.
1: And how, do, how are you able to organize all that? That seems like a Herculean task.
4: <laughs> you know, th- well, we now have 300 employees. 300 uh, employees? I, w- I would have never th- thought that when we started 12 years ago. Uh, but when we they open Explain
1: that. How, how, do you, how do you have 300 employees?
4: Because when we open up one of these sites, there's expectations and requirements. We have to have security guards on site. We have We have to have case managers. We have to have housing navigators, mental health services, substance abuse, counseling and treatment, job training, job placement. So it is not just, oh, come in and spend the night. It is come in and it is a rehabilitation center to help somebody turn their lives around, get back on their feet and get back into the game of life.
1: So tell me again, you went from what number last year to this number? Give, give us those numbers one more time.
4: So the end of 2020, we okay. had nine shelters all right. and 507 beds. All right. This year, we will finish with 16 shelters, 1,532 beds.
1: So you have over 1,500 beds or 7,000 homeless people. You're trying to reach all 7,000 homeless people?
4: If it's needed, we will. We're now expanding beyond the valley. We're opening up a site in Highland Park. I was up in the high desert today, and the, the city of Lancaster, we're looking at opening up a 400-bed family shelter for moms and kids. So we want to make sure that we're responding to the need regionally here in Los Angeles.
1: I'm Dudley Rutherford, pastor of Shepherd Church, and I'm talking to Ken Craft, who leads a ministry called Hope of the Valley. You can find everything you need to know at hopeofthevalley.org. And I, you mentioned the Trebek Center, and I think a lot of people know it's Alex Trebek, correct? Yeah. And uh, with the television show Jeopardy? Yes. Is that correct? And so what is? explain to people what the Trebek Center is all well, about.
4: Well, I got a phone call a year and a half ago. I was sitting in my office and I picked the phone up and a guy says, hello, is this Ken Kraft? I said, yes, sir. He says, this is Alex Trebek. He goes, no way. Uh, yes. He, he said, I see that you're building a shelter in North Hollywood. I'd like to come see it. And I said, yes, sir. So I met him there the next day. I, he, I went, he
1: called you out of the blue?
4: Called me out of the blue. And I wasn't sure if it was Alex Trebek, the Alex Trebek, or Alex Trebek from Pacoima. But anyhow, uh, uh, it was the Alex Trebek. Did
1: being punked?
4: And for a moment, I did. Okay. So I, and it wasn't until he pulled up in his Ram truck and I was like, this is really Alex Trebek. Well, he walked around and saw the site that we're building. I took him to another site. And then he, he said, Ken, actually, I took nighttime cold medicine. I shouldn't have even come. I, I need to go home. He goes, I'll be in touch. I didn't hear from him for one week, two weeks, three weeks. But then after three weeks, he called me again. He goes, Ken, how much money do you make? And I said, well, right around $100,000. And, and uh, I said, would it help you if I sent you our audited financials? He goes, yes, I sent to him, he calls me back and says, Ken, I'd like you to come to my house. So I went to his house the next day and uh, uh, he took me into his library and there on his desk was our audited financials. He had them highlighted, circled, notated. No way. Yeah. And I said to him, uh, and he said, uh, Ken, the reason why I asked you how much money you make is I've supported charities where the the executive director is making way too much money. He goes, I like this. And I like the fact that you drive an old Hyundai. And so he ended up giving us a check for a hundred thousand dollars. Oh. And then a, num- a number of months later, he and his wife gave us a check for $500,000. And that became the lead gift so that we could purchase Skateland in Northridge.
1: Skateland is an iconic Skateland. Is it the last uh, one of the last, or is it? Is it the last?
4: Last one in the San Fernando Valley. Really? Yes. Yeah, so we we're able to purchase it. Construction starts next week. It'll be done by March 10th. And it is going to be a beautiful facility. And that particular area of the San Fernando Valley really needs shelter beds and so we're excited it's to get that just
1: south in. of uh, cal state northridge university yes. and tell us what what what's going to be inside the trebek center
4: well inside the trebek center well f- first of all we are going to have the trebek tribute wall as soon yes. as you walk in for major better. donors that's really cool. for half a mil you uh, ought yeah. to <laughs> and then it's going to have 107 bedrooms um, for men and for women different sections um, once somebody's on site they will have access they'll have three meals a day hot showers clean clothes, mental health services, substance abuse, counseling, treatment. We'll ha- they'll have access to, food sur- um, to uh, uh, job training, job placement. And once they come inside, their next step is permanent housing. Okay? So we don't stop until we get them housed.
1: The, the, this is a remarkable story, and it's one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on the air is because a lot of people see the problem— here where we live. We we hear things about things going all over the world. This is happening in our own backyard, our own front yard, our front porch, uh, so to speak, in the San Fernando Valley, the city of Los Angeles. I'm talking to a guy, Ken Craft, who is literally on the front line doing something about homelessness here in the San Fernando Valley. And just like Alex Trebek, uh, in the last months of his life, gave literally around $600,000 to this ministry. Every dollar that is being used, opening up the Trebek Center, and his legacy will continue. I I don't know the legacy of actually being on a talk show, uh, being a talk show host or a a game show host and, and quizzing people, but here this man used his resources, and for as long as this building exists, this ministry exists, you're going to see lives being changed in the same way he gave to change you could give we're going to talk more about hope of the valley coming right back after this commercial break stay with us you do not want to miss this next segment i i I love these songs these are songs that uh the engineer back here, he plays the, I teach a spin class on Wednesday night, and uh, I gave him a list of those songs. Thank, thank you for doing that. And uh, this is Dudley Rutherford, and if you're listening or driving, and, and you've been with us the last few minutes, what we've been talking about is inspirational and challenging, and what a blessing, because there's so much negative in our city and in the government, and yet here is a story of a man who God called uh, 12, 13, 14 years ago to lead out and to help make a difference in this city by 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 helping people who are homeless. And I'm and, and, and talking to Ken Craft of Hope of the Valley, and you can go to his website, hopeofthevalley.org. I really want to encourage you to do that. We just talked about the Trebek Center, Alex Trebek of Jeopardy. Uh, before he passed, he gave them over half a million dollars, and they went and bought Skateland, which is down there south of uh Cal State Northridge, it's just been sitting there, that building, and, and they're going to turn that in into a homeless shelter. They now have 16 homeless shelters. Is that what you have 16 currently? 16 by the end of the year. And, uh, you know, wh- so often with homelessness you think, what can I do, what should I do, what can I do? I want to do something, and you, you just don't know what to do. And here's your opportunity to make a difference in this city. Uh, they have thrift stores in Granada Hills, Simi Valley, Palmdale, Santa Clarita, and Lancaster. There are many ways to get involved, but Ken is the, the one who God is using uh, as an instrument to make a difference for the 7,000 homeless people in this valley, Seven, 70,000 homeless people in L.A. County. And when we had Larry Elder on last uh, hour, he talked about how he that he needs the church. They they need the church to help tackle this problem. And Ken is a church guy, and, and uh, God called him into this ministry. And Ken, I just want to ask you, because this is a big question a lot of people have, is what what causes homelessness? Uh, we, we keep throwing – the government keeps throwing a lot of money there. But what causes homelessness? Why are there so many homeless people? And, and if you could go into some of the cures, things that are tangible that we could get our hands around where, where you can actually start to see this trend reverse.
4: Yeah, you know, there's – Unfortunately, we also live in a city where the cost of living is exorbitant. The average cost of a one-bedroom apartment is $2,100. And for the average person that's making minimum wage, it's very, very difficult. And so we do have a lot of people that are falling into homelessness. And then we have domestic violence, unfortunately. There's a lot of folks that get into homelessness because they're fleeing a horrible situation. We have substance abuse. Uh, We have a lot of mental illness that leads to homelessness as well. And then just poverty. You know, people can't make it here. And so most of us would all agree that, yes, we need permanent housing. We need affordable housing. We need that. But the streets cannot be the waiting room for affordable or permanent housing. And so one of the things that we've been able to do is to launch interim bridge housing, okay? It's not either or, it's yes and. And so one of the things, if you go to our website, you'll see these tiny homes. And these tiny homes have been revolutionary. Why? Because as I mentioned before, it took four years to open up the first affordable housing complex.
1: Well, a lot of people don't know. When you say tiny home, some people don't even know what you're talking about.
4: A tiny home is, uh, there's different manufacturers, but what they are is they're small. They're 64 square feet. And so we had the privilege of opening the very first tiny home community in North Hollywood. 39 units, 75 beds. There's there's 64 square feet. They have air conditioning, heating, three electrical plugs, two beds. They have a front door that locks. And so these units can be installed, put together in 60 minutes. And so now, instead of taking years to address the homeless problem, we can rapidly deploy these in a FEMA-like manner, get them up, bring people in, stabilize them, and get them the essential services that they need so that when affordable, permanent, supportive housing is available, we can then move them there. And, and also, once they come into, into our care, we're working to help them get jobs. Because And the other thing is help them get essential documents. When people come to us, we ask them, do you have your birth certificate? Do you have your social security card? Do you have your state ID? No, 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 stolen. First thing we do, let's get that because you're never going to get a job. You're never going to get housing without that. And so it is a comprehensive, holistic approach, spirit, soul, body to get people well so that they can get back into living life. Because when people are living on the streets, they're not living, they're surviving. It's where am I, what am I going to eat? Where am I going to go to the bathroom? How am I going to clean myself? How do I protect myself? Once they come inside with us now all their basic needs are met okay we're doing like i said 1500 meals a day they get three meals a day they get showers clean clothes everything that they need so now the brain is not in survival mode anymore now we can think about the future that's why we're called hope of the valley because we've got to inject hope people need hope to cope
1: where did these where did the idea of these tiny houses uh, come from how 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 i mean I've seen a few pictures of these things, but um, how, how did that come about?
4: Yeah, well, they I was actually working with the University of Southern California uh, to develop these tiny homes. We had one, and we had a prototype, and it was at one of our centers in Nor- in uh, Van Nuys. Uh, and then about that time, someone said to me, the chief of staff from one of the local council members said, have you seen these pallet shelters out of Seattle? And I looked at them, and I said, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Uh, I said, these are amazing. And there comes a time when you just realize someone's got a better product than you and you'd fold your hand okay. so we folded our hand and we worked with the city to make sure we could get those units and that's what we have we deployed them so far in um uh, two in north hollywood one in Reseda, one in tarzana we're getting ready to open up one in highland park and a third one off the uh, and another one off the one seventy six in total so how does somebody get into one of those houses and is is there a manager there watching over these folks so we have extensive staff on site to make sure it's safe. We have a single point of entry. When somebody comes in, okay, that there's no drugs, no alcohol, no weapons. We have security no, guards. All right,
1: let's, let's say that again. No drugs, no alcohol, no weapons. Nope. And, nope. That, and how do you know that? How do you keep track of that?
4: Because there's one gate that you come in, and we have security Why guards. Why don't we
1: put you in charge of the whole city?
4: <laughs> so we pat them down, and we make sure. And then once they come inside, then we work with them. Uh, but So there's and, no one in there just laying around you're working with every person inside of every single unit everyone's assigned a case manager and not only that we knock on their doors three times a day we have wellness checks because people are coming right off the streets oh. and so we work with them Is everything okay and then they ha- they help with their own design of a case plan with our case managers to make sure we can get them into permanent housing and how many of these units do you have all together um
1: right now 4 hundred and eighty and 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 do you have plans for more yes I just how, how can someone get along and get and, involved with this you know
4: one of the things we did Pastor Dudley, is we asked people to sponsor them for three thousand okay. dollars okay I mean what a great way to move somebody into housing and so I had a propo- I have a proposal in front of the mayor of Lancaster right now for 400 beds for homeless moms and kids and then we're working on a lot of other projects but I feel like now is the time because right now the city of Los Angeles Angeles recognizes that we cannot continue with the status quo. We can't kick the can down the road. We can't pass this on to the next generation. Now is the time to address the humanitarian crisis of homelessness in Los Angeles. Well, t-
1: tell me about this Judge Carter you were telling me about this guy. <laughs> well, it sounds, ju- uh, sounds like a TV show, Judge Carter.
4: <laughs> there was a lawsuit against the city of Los Angeles. And the, the lawsuit, it was the Alliance for Human Rights said, Los Angeles, you keep wiping out all these encampments, but you don't have any beds or anywhere for people to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like so. I've seen encampments that have been uh, removed. Uh, There there was a bike path down and by Angel Stadium, and uh, I used to ride my bike through there. And there was like it it looked like there were a thousand people there living in tents. And then they go and they clean it all out. Where do all those people go? That's the point. And how
4: long before they go right back? So Judge Carter said this: "I'm not city of L.A. I'm not going to let you enforce your no camping laws." I'm not going to let you wipe out those encampments until such time as you can provide beds for 60% of the previous year's homeless count. Once you can provide beds for 60% of the people that are homeless in a council district, then you can have enforcement. And, and so I'm working with council districts right now. They said by the end of this year, they will have their numbers. So I tell people, I know it doesn't look good right now. Mm-hmm. It's darkest before the dawn, yes. but it is going to change, okay? I am optimistic that we are going to— see change in Los Angeles when it comes to cleaning up our streets, cleaning up our parks, and getting people the help that they need. I, I want to read this verse.
1: It's one of your key verses in Matthew chapter 25, because at the end of the day we want to take people back to Scripture and encourage them. But uh, it's your verse in Matthew 25. I know it, it's kind of a guiding light for you, but it says, For I was hungry, Jesus, these are, these are red letters, so these are the words of Jesus. I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. The idea there is that when you help the least of these, that you're actually serving Jesus. Do you remember that when you're when you're helping all these homeless people as, as a minister or as a leader of this ministry, Hope of the Valley?
4: That is my motivation. That is my passion. That leads to my compassion. And if not us, who? If not now, when? Here is the chance for the body of Christ to rise up and to be the solution.
1: Tell us quickly. you got about 30 seconds to tell us, and that's unfair. And I wish I'd had you on for a whole hour, honestly, uh, because your ministry, but how can the local church be involved with what you're doing or an individual as well.
4: First thing, please go to our website at org, And then you can obviously donate. You can volunteer. You can donate your time. We have five thrift stores. We need your donations. Clean out your closets. We'll come pick them up. We have trucks to come you'll pick come them pick up. You'll come pick them up. We'll come pick them up. And you'll get a charitable receipt. And most importantly, please pray for us mm. because this is not easy work, but it's necessary work.
1: Ken, Craft, uh, Hope of the Valley, hopeofthevalley.org. Uh this Trebek Center, you're having these uh, homes that you're converting, the, the small homes that you're trying to raise money for and put those up all over the city, ladies and gentlemen, listen. You, I know you see these homeless people and you ask yourself, it's just there's another homeless person. You can make a difference in these folks' lives uh, for all of eternity. When he talks about these little homes, he's just not putting them in there and throwing someone in there. They, it, this is a full service where they are working diligently to get these people their lives turned around and back on track and all the core of all of that is the gospel of jesus christ i'll be back tomorrow afternoon as your host this is dudley rutherford pastor shepherd church i'm i'm looking forward to what we have to do tomorrow god bless each and every one of you and thank you for listening to the afternoon show here on kkla